Well, howdy dowdy do to you all. That was the most weirdest intro I've ever done. You are listening to Talking About Death Will Not Kill You. And I am Lisa, the host of this humble little podcast. And I do say little. It is tiny. It's mostly me. And there are sometimes occasional guests and, uh, and sometimes occasional husband uh, when I don't have enough content for an episode. <laughs> but um, I am here today because I am talking to you in regards to Back on the 6th of May, which for me was only last Friday, for you it will be um, quite further back than that because this episode is airing on the 31st of May and I am recording this episode on my birthday, the 11th of May. Oh, thanks for saying happy birthday and if you didn't, fuck you. Um, no, don't, don't feel bad, it's okay. A lot of people that I thought would remember my birthday haven't. Oh, where's the little violin between the fingers go wee wee wee. No, it's all good. I'm 41. I'm a big girl now. Um, so I'm 41. Okay. That was, I just said that. Okay. It's all good. Let's move on from that before I start crying again. I don't want to be one of those episodes. So back on the 6th of May, I went to a, a sort of like a community open um, night thing um, held by Tender Funerals. Now, Tender Funerals are a not-for-profit funeral service. And they are mainly, they started up at Port Kembla, which is, um, that's not up, it's down. It's in the, in the Illawarra region, far out. My brain's just not good. It's down. Um, anyway, they, a group of volunteers at their local community centre got together and created this excellent um, business model. Well, it's not a business model. It's a charity. I, I suppose, you, yeah, you call it a charity. It is a charity. So basically, um, Nicole Winram, who has been on this podcast before, a lovely, lovely friend of mine, uh, said, have you heard about this? And, well, firstly, have you heard about Tender Funerals? I said, yes, I have heard about Tender Funerals. And I had um, approached them to come on a, an episode of the podcast with me, but I just assumed they were super, super busy and not had a reply. Um, and then she had told me about this community night where they were airing their, so they have a movie that they made regarding the making of Tender Funerals, as well as the uh, the um, circumstances that arose whilst they were creating this service. So um, I went to that on the 6th of May and it was actually really, really lovely. I didn't know what I was expecting. I didn't know I was watching a movie. I just thought it was like going to be like a community-based forum thing where people ask questions and stuff about starting a tender funeral operation in Western Sydney. And it was, but it was the video, the movie first. And the movie was like a full-length movie. It went for quite a while. I uh, It started at 6 p.m. So I got there at 5.30 and they were so lovely. They had snacks um, out. I had a lovely little cheese snack box and they had sandwiches and it, and water. It was it was lovely because that's usually my dinner time because I eat like a pensioner. So, um, yeah, they had food out and everything. And I kind of sat like a Nigel No Friends because I didn't really know anybody and I'm I'm not, with my anxiety, I'm not the most sociable person. I probably should have been out there and introduced myself as a podcaster and blah, blah, blah and made some connections with people, but I just wasn't feeling it that night. I know I blew that opportunity and I'm regret, regretful for that. But Nicole um, arrived shortly after and I had someone to talk to, so I wasn't alone. But um, people with anxiety and social social interaction issues would get it. Um, some days I can be a real social butterfly, but this was not one of those days. Um, and I'd never been at the Bungarabi Hub before. I'd never been to that community centre. It is lovely um, because I got there at 
just before 5.30, the sun was setting. You, you have to go to my Facebook page and have a look at the photos. It was absolutely glorious. It was, I don't know, this whole evening had a vibe. It's a Friday night. Um, I just, you know, it was a lovely way to end off my week. It's talking about something that means a lot to me. And it's not just, I'm not just talking about death. I am a death nerd and I wore the best shirt too. It was a picture of the Grim Reaper chasing two little kids saying, tag, you're it. It was fucking hilarious. Um, Nicole loved it, so that's the main thing. I don't think anyone else noticed my shirt. But anyway, um, Sheen, if anyone's interested in getting that shirt, it's really, really cool. Uh, so walked in, sat down. Then um, Jenny, who I would say is kind of like the head. She's not really the head, but she. I, I feel like she was the person who – uh, spearheaded the whole campaign for tender funerals spoke and then we watched the movie and jenny is the loveliest person you ever meet um after the movie we had some q a time and i asked a couple of questions and i kind of made the joke that oh maybe you should just leave the microphone with me because you know <laughs> i'm asking so many questions jenny at the end of the q a when everyone was free to go sort of thing she she walked she walked in our direction, she stopped. She stopped to say thank you to a few other people, but she walked straight to Nicole because her and Nicole obviously have had they've had interactions before. They had a huge um, phone conversation regarding this, and they had a uh, hug and everything. And then she looked at me, and she just went, "Thank you so much for your questions." And before she even could finish the the um, sentence, she was hugging me, and she said, "Like after the hug, I said, oh, you're welcome." And I said, "This is a great idea," and I said, "I'm so into this, like." Where do I sign up, basically? That's all I need to show. Where I sign up? She's like, really? I said, yeah, like I'm so all for this. It, you know, I was already on tender side before, but watching the video, like, you know, it had me in tears at some point, had me laughing at another point. It's quite, quite apt that uh, sadness and laughter really do go together um, like milk and cookies. It's just it was really, really good the way they did this beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, and basically... Uh, we kind of did some schmoozing afterwards and some chatting and uh, so basically they uh, first off I'm going to say because in case I lose you with the rest of this podcast and I know I'm already six minutes in so sorry but tonight so the 31st of May tonight there is going to be a follow-up community meeting to get um, oh, pardon me to get tender funerals um, to have a Western Sydney hub so it is going to be at, I'm reading my post that I posted. It is posted on my Facebook page uh, from the, what was yesterday, the 10th of May. So if you need to go back, it's not going to be very far behind, but it's on the 10th of May, but I'm just reading it to now. So it's going to be tonight, Tuesday the 31st, sorry, not Tuesday, not tonight, 3 p.m. So it's going to be 3 p.m. today um, on Tuesday the 31st of May at the Information and Cultural Exchange, or in brackets ICE, I-C-E, on in Parramatta, 8 Victoria Road, Parramatta. If you'd like to attend, I'm sure you could just rock up, but um, admin at tenderfuneralsaustralia.com. So admin, A-D-M-I-N, at tender, T-E-N-D-E-R, funeral, F-U-N-E-R-A-L-S, funerals, sorry, it was a plural, Australia, you know how to spell that, dot com, you also know how to spell that, um, send them a quick email ask saying you're going to attend. Just I think it's just so they have enough numbers. They might want to cater the event and they want to make sure everybody is um, is accounted for. Definitely go to it. 
I did send them an email back uh, when they sent me the email because unfortunately my daughter has an orthodontic appointment right at the same time and I have no one else to help me out and we've been waiting for this appointment since 2018. So not something I'm going to miss, unfortunately I can't, as much as I want to be there. Plus 3pm for a lot of people is, is kind of, look, I'm going to say it's an inconvenient time. If it wasn't for the orthodontic appointment, I still don't think I'd be able to attend because I have school pickup. And a lot of people work till 5 p.m., so I know there's going to be a lot of people that can't make it. I emailed them that, and they said that they would set up um, a camera and a computer, and I could join via Zoom. The meeting is expected to go till 5.30. So if you can't attend at 3, but you want to rock up a little bit later, say if you can make 3.30, 4 o'clock, it's going to 5.30. So if you can make it at any point, at any time, do that. But they also said they're going to send up a Zoom. And when they do, I will share that link with everybody on Facebook as well so that you can join from there. I won't be able to include it in this podcast, but it will be put up on Facebook for you to join. So that is that. That is happening this afternoon. I will put this podcast out earlier so that people can get their stuff sorted. Even though I've given you a heads up back on the 10th of May, I will put out reminders and stuff like that because I really think this is important um, and I'm going to tell you why. So Tender Funeral started with a bunch of volunteers that used to kind of just um, head over to their local community centre and um, basically uh, they wanted to start, they, they saw a need in the community for a funeral service that was not for profit. A lot of people in the community couldn't afford funerals, um, would go into debt. One of the members um, of that group went into debt for, I think it was his father's funeral, and ended up having to pay 10 grand um, for the funeral. I think at the start, the funeral wasn't that expensive, but being having a loan for it with interest and everything ended up costing them 10000 in 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 the end. So they all started to plan this and they were trying to use the, the community hub almost like um, a central point for this service. And um, one major thing that I was really impressed with was with Jenny was the fact that she was including things that I know is normal now and I've mentioned it or it's becoming normal now and I've mentioned it in previous podcasts where I've spoken to different funeral directors and and services and things like that and even like in the Maori culture where they do things where they have the bodies at home and the family dress and wash the body that wasn't common and I don't think it is common for a lot of people they're not offered that in, an, in a traditional funeral service I know that a lot of funeral um, services now do or offer that and that is fantastic that is great but it's not common when my mum passed away in 2009 this was not common this was not part I was never offered it and I never knew to ask it I mean granted back then in 2009 there was a lot of things I didn't know and I wish and it was and as we found out with palliative care um, and the episode that I did on that you don't know unless you ask but if you don't know how are you expected to ask so these this is something that Tender started where they asked the questions, would you like to do this? How involved would you like to be? Um, and they offer that and a lot of people say no and then it tends to be the three-day turnaround where they say, you know what, I would really like to be part of preparing our loved one for their send-off. So they do the washing and the dressing and stuff and sometimes they'll have them, they'll be there to assist them and other times the family just do it on their own because they are absolutely okay to do that. So there is... There is that sort of side of it. They also offer now as a business, so they've actually, they opened up 
I can't remember the year it was. I feel like it was pre-COVID. It was 2019, I want to say. So this this movie dated back to 2017, I think was the start. It took it took a long time for Tender to maybe it was earlier than that. I can't remember. I remember them saying something like it took them six and a half years to get the first tender. Oh, excuse me, my dog. Apologies for my dog. She's not um, listening today because I have a dog, and that's another reason why my my attention is elsewhere. There is a dog next door that won't stop howling. I hope you can't hear it, but um, I can hear it, and it's fucking distracting. So I'm trying my best to ignore it, but it is very annoying. That dog has been doing that since before 7 a.m. this morning, and it's really, really annoying, and it's right next door to my bedroom wall. So trying my best. Okay, so um, they... They think they took about six and a half years to get it actually kicked in. And they even, they were um, like kickstart. They had the GoFundMe page and all those sort of things. And they finally purchased the old um, firehouse up at, uh, down, down at Port Kembla. So they actually have a, a, a brick and mortar funeral home, funeral place. So that's where they do their dressings and, and the bodies and stuff. And they have coffins and things like that. So they're like a proper they're like a proper funeral service. So even though they're not for profit and you're thinking, what's not for profit? So they're there just to basically keep the business running. They are not trying to make a profit for anyone. They're all their board members and stuff like that are all volunteers. Nobody gets paid. They do have staff that are actual paid staff. So they need to make enough money to keep the lights on, keep the electricity going, to keep the water going and to pay their staff. The petrol for the, for the van, that's pretty much it. And, you know, so they, they, their model is it sounds it sounds really crude when I say bare minimum, but that's what it is. They're not making profits. They're not trying to make money um, any more than just staying open. Their ethos is just to give people the opportunity and the services to have reasonably priced funerals um, for those that need it, even uh, at no cost. And I'll go into that in a minute. So anyway, they have started up models. They've got one happening in Canberra. They've got one happening in North Queensland, one happening in Fremantle in Perth in, in WA. Um, I don't remember them saying Melbourne for the life of me. No, Hobart. They have one happening in Hobart. I think Adelaide and Melbourne were the two that I didn't hear. Um, and one in North Queensland. And I'm pretty sure there's another one happening in northern New South Wales. So there is so many happening that someone had uh, asked about Sydney. And now usually the way it works with tender is People would come to them. So those people in Canberra and uh, Fremantle approached them saying, we want that service in our city. And then they got the ball rolling for that. Uh, I believe, I think it was Northern New South Wales, that one took about two and a half years to kind of set up because you need to have a, a base of volunteers. So it's going to take time. This is not going to happen um, in the next year or so. Hopefully it happens in the next two and a half years. That's what I'm kind of picturing in my head. That's where we're going with that. But anyway, so usually those people in those areas have approached tender. This is not the case for Western Sydney. They have seen a real need for Western Sydney, or Sydney specifically, but they see it that it should be happening in Western Sydney. Now a lot of people said, oh, what about, about South Sydney? What about, you know, the area down at Campbelltown, Liverpool? What about, you know, inner city CBD? They even got approached um, in areas that I would I would call affluent areas where people have enough money. If you can afford to live in those areas, then I would assume that you can afford a funeral. But maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Um, anyway, so 
but they, they've seen a need for Western Sydney and they have looked at it and thought Blacktown is a great place to be because we are central to all of Western Sydney. And I believe that. Blacktown makes up a huge council. It covers a whole... You remember lockdown. You remember for those in Western Sydney, you remember how you know LGAs worked, and you know that Blacktown covers. I just remember remembering, thinking how big of an area Blacktown covers. It covers a huge range of suburbs. So, and you know, people from Penrith they can they can drive thirty to forty minutes into Blacktown. It's not a big deal, and vice versa. We can go out that way. Um, same in the other direction, going towards the city. 30 to 40 minutes and you're in the middle of the city. So we are smack bang in the middle and it is a great idea. We have a diverse uh, cultural background in Black in Western Sydney, not Blacktown. I'm not labelling Blacktown only, but we do. This whole area is so different. I know every part of Sydney and New South Wales has different cultures, but like I feel like Western Sydney is like the melting pot of everything that is cultural. And, you know, it, on one stretch of um, street shops you can get kebabs you can get Chinese food you can get Lebanese food you can get Indian food and then you know you can just get and then you can get a tattoo parlor and that's just next to my work which is so Aussie I don't know I feel like a tattoo parlor is such an Aussie thing you know in amongst all these cultural food places that you can get food from so uh, basically they decided that that was going to be that 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 was their focus and they were basically testing the water when they came out here on Friday night to talk about that sort of thing um it is a great idea so they have three tiers of payment for funerals so not only do they offer those services but they also offer low cost funerals so they uh offer personalizing of funerals where they'll give you the coffin and you can go take it home and you can paint it you can get loved ones to paint it so that when you know when they put the loved one in it it is personalized and it is lovely and it is and they have low cost um coffins they had a coffin right there in the foyer and it was made from cardboard so it looked like a massive elongated document box that you would find from office works and it comes flat packed how brilliant is that how brilliant is that for our um, environment and transportation needs in a truck you could literally fill that truck with thousands upon thousands of coffins for people couldn't do that with wooden coffins and you know the family can take them home easily easily light all that sort of stuff, um, recyclable, biodegradable, decorated, you know, it can be decorated. And it was it was actually really, really cool. It was had a little plastic, I don't know if it had plastic plugs. It looked like plastic, but I could be wrong. So basically, like, yeah, just fold, it folded. It folded like a cake box. And I only say that in my head because I'm a cake decorator. It folded like a cake box. It was the most simplest thing, but it didn't actually look like that. When I, when I, I had to go up and touch it because I thought it was like a plastic like the plastic packaging that you see, it looks like cardboard, but it's actually like a plastic fiberglass sort of looking thing. So I had to touch it and realised it was cardboard. And I said, these are the sort of things I would hope one day, and it sounds crazy and a lot of people are like, fucking hell, Lisa, really? This is something you'd say. I hope to find them in Officeworks one day. I'd like to find them at Costco. I know Costco in America sell coffins. I don't think they sell them here in Australia, but I'm not a Costco member, so I don't know. I'd like to see these sort of things available to order from Officeworks so that people can organise themselves and do those things themselves. Anyway, I digress. I'm just all about putting people's deaths into their own hands. We, you know, we take charge with births. We we allow people to decide whether they want a home birth or a hospital birth, whether they want to have drugs, whether they want to have natural. We have all this surrounding in, in one start of life, but never at the end. So I like the, I like the fact that I've 
got the choice to do whatever I want. The, when they started at Port Kembla, they'd bought a, a cold plate so people could have their loved ones at home beforehand and um, and have them for a bit before they sent them off. I think that's a lovely thing. So it's a lot of people, it's not their cup of tea, but I find, I don't know, I've really grown to the idea of doing that. It gets you, because it's very final. Usually someone will die and whether you're in the room or not, that is the last time you saw, see them. And if you're lucky to be in that room, that is, a, you know, you get a little bit of closure. I am still traumatized by that is the last time I saw my mum. But some people, they, you know, didn't even, they saw them that morning and then they died whilst they weren't around. And even then it's more traumatizing. Sometimes you need that closure and I'm all for that closure for, for people if they need it. So they have three tiers of pricing. I'm getting very excited. I need to calm myself down. I'm so sorry. But as you can hear in my voice, this is something, I have no notes. I didn't take notes. I said to myself I was going to take a pad and pen and write notes. And I saw someone using a notepad and a pen. I went, oh, fuck, I knew I forgot something. So these are all just from my memory. And this is like last Friday in my head. So a lot of shit's happened between then and there. Anyway, I digress. Oh, happy Mother's Day to everyone for that day. I put a post on Facebook anyway, but that's irrelevant. I survived the day. That's all I can say is I survived that day. Anyway. So they have three tiers of payment. <laughs> I think I've tried to say that sentence three times. So they have a first tier where basically you can afford the funeral that you want or whatever level you want. You can have the bare minimum of what you need or you can have, you know, a hearse and everything like that. Then there is also, I believe, from memory, it was called a benevolent fee of $250 and that is charged for them to keep the run. It's almost like it goes in the piggy bank for tender so they can help others with that money. So it's a charitable donation in a way. They've had people who have loved their service so much that they pay them even like $1,000 as their benevolent fee. It's a, it's a lovely model. And at first, Jenny wasn't actually um, interested in that, but it actually does help. And it is, it is for a purpose. So you can have a very um, budget-friendly funeral, even with that $250 fee on top of it. I can't tell you, I think my mum's funeral probably ended up costing... I reckon it was around three to five thousand in in total, um, and that's including flowers and a coffin and cremation, and that wasn't even including a plot or anything like that. Like her ashes came home with me, um, so that was that's that much money I think. And we've talked to people before, like Kelly, who told us about like the actual cheapest funeral she can organise is like sixteen hundred, I think, from memory. So say for example that you had that sixteen hundred dollar funeral that was basic. You put $250 on top of that. It's still a reasonable amount for a funeral. It's still less than I paid for my mum's funeral. So that's your top tier. And you can have you can you can have as much involvement as you want. And you can also have a hearse or they have a van that they transport the loved ones in. And it's just like a normal people mover sort of van. Not people mover. It is like a Toyota, I don't know the model of it. But like like you see your delivery drivers delivering post. Um, it's that sort of van, not a red post of Australia Post van, not that white one. With beautiful signage of tender funerals, it is it is a lovely van. It's got it's really lovely. It, inside of it looks like a hearse. It's not just a transport vehicle. So just so you know, they're not just chucking them in the back of a you know a van. It is an actual hearse, and it has storage capacity. So shall I say? Anyway, so you have that option. Second tier down is where you're basically just, okay, I can't afford to pay you the benevolent fee. I can just afford the bare minimum. So it is 
they just basically will charge people for the coffin, any services they need, something like that. It's basically like, and it's not I'm not saying that you get the no frills version. You don't get the Franklin's version. It's not that. It's just the fact that you are only charged for bare costs. So it's just if you can't if you can't afford much, if you're struggling, it is just okay. We'll, we'll charge you bare costs. Then there is another tier, and it's sad that we have to have this tier, but we do have to have this tier. There are people that call up and say, "My mum just died, and I can't afford to bury them," and that's how they start the conversation. They literally have no money to spend on any sort of send-off for their loved one and it absolutely kills them. So this is where your benevolent fee comes in. This is where they say, no worries, let's start planning the funeral. And you don't get, you know, you don't get a cardboard box. You can have an actual coffin. You don't have to have the van. You can use a hearse. Like they won't make you sacrifice on things for that loved one, but at the same time, you don't have to pay. And I, I asked the question, like, you know, how do you know that people are legit um, uh, in such need and not just exploiting the fact that you offer free funerals? And they said they can tell the difference between those people. So because that's the first thing I thought of was this offer of generosity being abused. Um, I eventually want to be part of this model in Western Sydney. I want to be a volunteer in some capacity. I don't know what I can offer, but I want to be a volunteer in some capacity. Um, and I, that was my first thing is I don't want the business to be exploited uh, because of, you know, people that don't seem to give a shit. So, And that is a possibility. It's a realistic. Um, I have my own family members that will probably take advantage of this. So, you know, just saying. Uh, so, yeah, there's those three tiers that, that they offer. Uh, they are super-duper in the community. It's all about getting community involvement. So we need to get a whole list of volunteers. We have, you know, you can volunteer your skills, any amount of time that you have, things like that. So I'm all for it and I'm all into it um, and I want this to go places. So this is going to be something on my radar that I'm going to keep following up with and keeping you informed. I hope that if anyone in Western Sydney is interested please join along, please take an interest. It really benefits the whole of us in Western Sydney. I did ask them about competition with other funeral places, like, and I don't know what Port Kembla is like. I've never been there from memory. I don't know what Fremantle's like, what um, Hobart's like, but I know in Western Sydney that within a 10K radius of my house, probably even five, there are four different companies of funeral homes. I walk, one, walk past one every day during my lunch walk um, at work. So I, I asked them about that and they said it's not really a factor with competition because a lot of companies, if they go to them and, and, the, and the loved one says, I can't afford this, they will often refer them to tender because tender will offer more competitive funeral prices, more budget-friendly uh, funeral prices for them. Or they, you know, in turn they've offered these new services where you can wash and you can prep the body and you can clothe your loved one and that's something, again, not not many companies will do, but competition can only make each other better as opposed to fighting with that other business for customers. There is, you know. So um, I have to say that I liked, uh, they mentioned, you know, how COVID took um, funerals and, you know, made them worse than probably what they already were. Uh, so many people, their grief has been delayed and worsened because of the fact that, you know, COVID stopped funerals from 
one happening and then two limited loved ones and things like that, you know, that when they had a 10-person capacity at some point. So this, um, I don't know about other funeral places, and I'm sure they did this, but it was a lovely thing that I heard that they just it made them have to get creative. So in creativity was when at one point it was a maximum of 10 people to a funeral. So basically they then had... Um, and at some point it was uh, it was including family members. So, for example, there was one family that had um, the partner had died, the, the, the father of the family had died. They had ten children and then his wife. So that meant one of, the, one of those people in the family couldn't attend the funeral because there was 11 of them and the max was ten. Can you imagine how ridiculous that is? And also, like, at some point during the funerals, everybody had to stand, uh, sit or stand 1.8 metres, 1.6 metres apart. These were the people who, like, for example, a husband and wife who travelled there together in the same car but then to sit there at the funeral had to be 1.8 metres apart. How ridiculous. They travelled there in the same car. They're from the same household and yet everybody had to be distanced. No one could consult. You see someone, I don't know about you, but when I've seen someone at a funeral who's upset and I know that person and they are close to me, I go over there and I hug them. Or at least I just put a hand on them so that they know that I'm there. Imagine not being able to do that at a funeral. I am very, very lucky enough to have not had to lose someone during COVID. I don't know about you, but a lot of people weren't lucky enough and had to deal with the whole COVID shit on top of everything else. Funerals are hard enough as they are, let alone having to deal with all this other crap that went with it. And I look, I know it was a necessary crap, but, you know, it made lots of people's grieving processes I can't. I can only say it's really fucked them up. I can only. I can't imagine having to sit there for my mum's funeral and have to sit apart from my children, or to not only um, having the ten for me would would have been fine because it would have eliminated a lot of issues for me. But I have to be sitting one point eight meters from my kids for my husband to not console me when I was crying. To have you know, like I had, I had family putting their hands on their shoulder from the rose back from me to let me know that they were there. Like to not have that is just shocking. So they got really creative, especially with the ten person limit. So what they did was they basically had an all day funeral, and their chapel would be um, open for that family all day, and they would have t they would have repetitive funerals, ten people at a time, and they would just do that, and then do that, and do that again, so that everybody got their chance to be part of this funeral. You know, they had the opened up to Zoom and things like that. And um, I find that just a remarkable, caring, uh, thoughtful, creative method of a funeral that I've not heard of before. So I, it was a first for me and I just thought that's, some, that's something that I can get behind. They care. You know, they rather than saying these are the legislations, these is what we can, this is what we can do. Unfortunately, we can't do anything around it. They thought, no, 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 we can do something about this. So that's really cool. I find that admirable, um, and I'm hoping that I live long enough for there to be a tender in Western Sydney because that's where, I, that's who I want to deal with. I'm, I'm committed. Uh, if not, then, then they're going to have to transport me down to Port Kembla, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where, um. It, it was is just I cannot I feel like I'm just telling you it's great guys it's great and I'm trying to give you examples of how it's great other than the fact that if you were there and you'd seen the, like the staff were there there were staff that turned up who were on maternity leave and so they weren't supposed to be working but they came because they're so committed to this 
that they want this to happen. And it's not like it's a, um, what do you call it, like um franchise situation. It is not. They, Western Sydney uh, Tender Funeral Service would be a completely, I say completely independent service, and it would. So it's not like it benefits any other branches of the tender funerals is we are independent so the, the money that goes into the beneficiary fund is for western sydney families um i don't think it would help i haven't asked that question i don't think it would help the illawarra and i don't think it would help tobart i think it is we are our own um group but also in saying that we will get we are uh, all the tender funerals will be I speak like we, like I'm part of it. I'm not part of it yet, but I'm going to I'm gonna speak like I am. The, all the connection of tender funerals, they are all connected. They are a community. So they said so they meet, um, I can't remember how often they meet, but they have a general meeting where they all come together and they support each other and ask questions or if anyone needs support. So it's, it's not like, all right, well, here's the tender franchise, take it on Western Sydney, good luck with it, and then they wave you goodbye. It's not how it's going to be. There, we are basically um, one of their children, and if we need to go back to them and say, "Oh, we just need some help with this," what do you think? And we can go back and forth. So we're not completely independent, but we're not we're not a huge franchise based. It's not a McDonald's. It's not like that. So, although I feel like we would have some benefits from being under the tender umbrella in the fact that you know they've already got their connections to you know, these eco coffins and, and all these things. So I feel like it would be an easy transition um, for someone like me who has no, well, I have limit, I have no funeral planning experience whatsoever, say, for example, except for the fact that I've done this podcast and I know stuff, but I'm not, a, I have never actually put it into practice before, except as a mourner and I've planned one funeral. That's it. Um, so I feel like I would be quite confident to help to organize a funeral for somebody if they needed uh, because I have the tender people on my side if that makes sense like you know I know that I am not planning this on my own I have a group of people behind me and as well as the group of volunteers that will be in the Western Sydney hub to do this so if you think you're going to lose someone someday you think you're going to die someday because let's face it we are Someday, I'm hoping it's not very, very soon. Like I don't plan to go anywhere, but you know, do you, or just think, you know, if something was to drastically happen to you today, and I do not wish this upon anyone, do you think you'd have that money to spare to pay for a funeral? Do you think your loved ones would also know what you would like to do for your send off, and vice versa for another loved a loved one of yours? Do you think that would be possible? You know, sometimes some people are so scrapped for cash that they don't even have $100 in their bank account, you know, let alone to be able to just fork out five grand. Yep, no worries. My mum had the savings and that was great. You know, I had no, it's funny, Nicole and I were both talking to Jenny at the same time and Nicole was in the situation where she didn't have the funds when her husband passed away to be able to bury him properly. So she was under financial strain. I had my mum's money in hand for that sole purpose and I did that so finances were not an issue for me it was the lack of caring that I didn't have um 
And the and I look, I suffer from we've suffered from financial hardship before. It's not always been easy for us, but um, for me, it was the the caring side. You know, being offered to dress my mother if I could have, being offered to wash my mother if I could have. You know, I assume after I left left her in palliative care, the she got put in the morgue, she got put on ice. Then once I'd organ organized the funeral, the the funeral directors went and picked her up took her back to their premises, um, I gave them the clothes and then they, you know, they dressed her and prepped her in a coffin and the next time I saw her, all in the span of about a week, um, I didn't even see her, she was in a coffin that was closed um, at her funeral and then I didn't see her again for, I can't remember how long it was, it felt like forever until um, they they brought her um, ashes in a box to my house. So, you know, there, there's that disconnect that it all gets happened in the background and, and you get to be no part of it whatsoever. For me, it's that emotional side of wanting to be a part and taking care of your loved one. I looked after my mum for 18 months before she passed away. And then in the span of a week, I had nothing to do with her death and her funeral. I organised it. I told them what flowers she'd like. I picked the coffin that she wanted, that she would want. But that's that's it. That's window shopping. I could have done that online. You know, that's no. There's no personalization there. Um, so for me, it was the emotional side of of what tender funerals offer that I absolutely loved. But I also see the value after hearing Nicole speak about her situation. Of you know, some families simply cannot afford it, and I absolutely can understand that. That is that could happen to me. I don't know what's going to happen in ten years' time. Shit could hit the fan. We could lose our house. We could be we could be homeless. God knows. Like really, I don't believe in God, but you know who knows where you are in five years from now. A lot of shit happens in the span of a week, let alone in the span of five years. So it's a very valuable service, and I think anyone in Western Sydney could see there is a need for this in Western Sydney, in Sydney just alone, but in definitely in Western Sydney. Um, I believe this service in, in, in Western Sydney is valuable to all of Sydney because we are right smack bang in the west of it and in the middle of it and I'm hoping that this gets picked up and this this goes forward. Just so you know, um, it's a long way off and I will remind everybody as it gets closer, but at the screening that happened on Friday night, they had um, uh, camera people from Australian Story filming it. So you might see... You might see yours truly on TV. It's not going to air until the 20th of June. So I've got it in my phone, uh, in my calendar, ready to watch. Fingers crossed, you know, you see this beautiful face and my awesome T-shirt. I doubt you will. But um, they did take a lot of sort of like shots and stuff and they used, they had a lot of footage. So it'd be interesting to see. Another thing too, at the end of the video, uh, at, the, at the end of the movie, they were going to do Q&A, right? And as soon as they do that, they go, oh, we've got ice creams for everybody. And everyone got served an ice cream cone, like a drumstick. I tell you, like, didn't feel like I was watching and talking about um, death and funerals. The whole thing was kept so lovely, so light. Um, yeah, I think anybody would have been comfortable in this situation. My husband's like, oh, you're going to this? And I'm like, yeah, it's for the podcast, but it's, you know, it's something I'm interested in. He's like, of course you are. He told me to have a good time. I think he would have had a good time too. I think he would have actually enjoyed watching the movie and knowing about this service that a lot of people simply don't know about. So there you go. 
I probably could have said more and I've probably missed out a shitload of stuff. The video, the movie itself, I'm going to try and find out where people can watch it. Uh, I did ask that question and they said they would let people know and send links and I haven't had it. So I've commented on their Facebook page as well. You can go follow them and I'll put the links in this um, in this episode notes as well so you can follow them and follow the progress of Western Sydney's tender funeral services. I really think this needs to happen. But um, the video itself was wonderful. They talked about the whole planning stage, what the people uh, who are already running services in the um, in the community centre, like they have a men's group and one man at the start, one gentleman at the start of the video was like, I'm not handling bodies. Like you're going to bring dead bodies back here sort of thing. You know, I, we're not equipped to do that. It's not legal. And they go, no, we'll only do what we are legally able to do. And it was just quite funny. Real people were offering their real opinions and their fears and like misunderstandings of what they were and so they just they started from the very start of their very first meeting where they were introducing it into the into the group into the community center and then all the way to um where they purchased the uh firehouse and we got to see photos of it being renovated and how it looks now it's actually really beautiful who would have thought like a little firehouse like a little fire station would make a great funeral home it, uh yeah funeral yeah funeral home yes i suppose that's what you'd call it it's an american term but i don't know if we have an australian term for it but it's absolutely gorgeous and they're doing the same they're about to open up the one i think in northern new south wales soon for some reason i've got june in my head so um yeah all these details I should have wrote down. I should have had a note and pad. So I'm sorry I let you guys down in the fact that I wasn't writing notes. I simply just forgot. I think I was just so excited about the whole thing that I just wanted to go and got got in the whole mood of it that I forgot that I was there to be educated, to share with you guys. It was it became all about like me, 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 and this being me, and so sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm hoping... And I'm planning to commit my time to this project to talk to be a volunteer in some capacity, whether it's making cakes for the funerals, whether it's painting coffins, whether it's just being on the board, um, all those things I am up for and putting my hand up for. Um, hell, you know, I'd even help them and be working in the actual funerals, um, funeral service itself. I would love to do that. That would not be outstretched and, and beyond me. And, you know, I drive the van. Um, I'm a very good driver. I've driven with cakes before in the back seat all by myself with no one holding them. So I think I could be entrusted driving someone's loved one to their home or to the to the cemetery. So um, excellent driving record. Just putting it out there. Um, <laughs> went through one red light camera and I don't even think it was valid. But I paid the fine and dealt with the points. Um, but yeah, so it feels like I'm interviewing myself for this. I'm putting it out there. I want you all to see how dedicated I am to this. Oh, it's so silly. But anyway, I'm in a good mood. Today's a good day. Um, it's my birthday and I'm so happy to be sharing with this and to know that this episode is coming out the day that they're having this meeting. Like I was a bit worried, um, that this would miss that, but the fact that it comes out on, on today, which is the 31st of May, um, in your land, not in my land. Um, 20 days away for me, but I'm glad to know that you guys are going to get this today. So again, oh, where's my phone? 3 p.m. today, 3 p.m. today. If you want to go, call um, email admin at tender funerals Australia. That's plural funerals Australia.com and let them know. So it is 3 p.m. 
today, Tuesday the 31st of May, at the Information and Cultural Exchange, 8 Victoria Road, Parramatta. If you can't make it, because I understand the time doesn't work, they're hopefully going to set on an online Zoom, which I'm going to be I'm going to have my phone connected to, I'm not going to have my video on, but I'm going to have my audio on, so I'm going to be listening to the whole meeting. I just want to be part of it. Um, I want to listen to what's being said and what's being discussed. So I'm basically going to be at Westmead Hospital Orthodontic with my earphones in whilst I navigate three kids going to an appointment, but I'm going to be doing both things at once. So fingers crossed they can do that for me because I really, really, and if, and if anyone is interested in that, then I will be sharing that as well because I figure that it could be valuable for people. And you know what? Zoom is a nice way for you to listen in and just get a taste of what's happening without feeling like you need to participate. Whereas, you know, there's a commitment being there. You feel like there's an expectation of you wanting, of needing to participate when you're in actually a group thing. But it came so naturally at the meeting last Friday on the 6th of May where, you know, they asked Q&A and I had questions and Nicole had questions and so many people asked questions. It was just, it was very valuable. So um, really excited about this. I feel like this is a great thing for Western Sydney and I've lived in Western Sydney my whole life. Um, uh, as much as I have ties to the the southern, the south coast of Australia and the Illawarra and the Shoalhaven, I love that those areas mean a lot to me too. But at the same time, Western Sydney has been everything to me for 41 years and I'm hoping that I can give back to a sub to an area of Sydney that has done um, great things for me. So thank you for listening to today's episode. Um, like I said, admin at tenderfuneralsaustralia.com. You can find them on Facebook, use the link, and you can send them a quick message, I suppose, and just say, I'm coming along or... Can you share the Zoom link? Because Lisa hasn't done it because she's a dickhead. Um, don't write that. That's a bit mean. Uh, I'll just say, you know, because she's busy with life and kids and stuff. Um, so, yeah, you can do that uh, as well as keep listening to my podcast. I think, it, you know what, I don't look at the numbers. I don't check who, um, where people are listening from. I don't even check how many listens each of my episodes have been getting. I just feel like I'm putting out content and it's something I love, and if it helps people, it's great, but it's mostly probably cathartic for me to do it because I feel like I'm being useful um, and expelling energy that I need to expel. And I discovered the other day, I think I just I just thought I'd look it up on my Anchor app on my phone, and God, so many people have listened to so many episodes. I think the one I did with Nicole from Keepsakes, uh, Keepsakes Jewelry, got like 45 listens, and that's absolutely fucking gobsmacking 45 people listened to that episode 45 people tuned into my podcast and I am so chuffed and I appreciate every time somebody listens to my podcast I really do I don't usually listen to my own podcasts um so I know that every listen every play that comes out on that app is somebody else it's not me boosting numbers there's somebody else that I don't know and maybe some people that I do know that are listening to my podcast so thank you very much I hope that Every, every fortnight that I put out something or every time I put something out that I'm teaching you something new or at least keeping you occupied for an hour or so by listening to my amazing radio voice. And I hope that you tune in again and stay tuned with this Tender Funerals Western Sydney Hub because I really feel like this is a good, this is great, this is good. This is, <laughs> this you know, Western Sydney needs to improve. We have such an explosion population of people 
and yet we don't have the capacity to deal with all these people. But we keep building unit buildings and we keep building this and we keep building housing estates and yet, you know, our schools don't change. Our schools are at capacity. They can only fit so many demountables on the fucking fields that they don't even, some schools don't even have fields anymore. Halls are being used as classrooms. We don't have the, the our hospital has expanded, but it doesn't seem to have enough staff to help people. It's just amazing. Like, the, you know, Western Sydney is the beating heart of this state, I feel, and it doesn't, it's not being treated well. You know, it's not, it's not having healthy foods. It's having junk food and being treated like absolute shit. You know, it's being fed Maccas, um, which is cheap, but it's not good for us. We need to be. We need to look after our our um, our city and our people. And I, um, you know, I care about Western Sydney. I never thought I did, really. You know, I'm not a community person. I don't join a community garden. I'm not sort of thing like that. But working in Western Sydney, I live and work in Western Sydney. Um, my the company I work for is based in Blacktown and you know we are proud to be in Blacktown uh, as a home base for our company Western I, I am proud that I work in the place that I live because I feel like I am serving those people around me in the best possible space and from the best possible place so um, even if you're not in Western Sydney and that was just all blah 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 to you let it be known Hobart tender funerals Fremantle tender funerals northern new south wales can't tell you where in northern new south wales but tender funerals illawarra that's where it all started port kembla tender funerals um and hopefully uh north queensland tender funerals and hopefully western sydney so have a good day guys take care and be good or be good at it and i'll talk to you next time bye